How many of you are just grateful this morning? I, I've been away for a bit, so hi. It's good to see you. And uh, thanks for le- allowing Randy and I to be away. What a wonderful time we had. And I had a sermon series I was going to start today, but then I came. We got back in town just in time to, to learn to work with plywood even better than I already knew how. So, so yeah, I got back in town in time to board our house up and leave again. Uh, but but I, so yesterday I was thinking, you know, about all the things that we take for granted and, and all the things that we should be so grateful for and that a lot of times we're just not. And, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself today. And, and so I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, you know, so I was praying for you guys as I, we, we had been praying over the storm and praying for our community and praying for our church and praying for our homes. And so Thursday morning, I'm, I'm over in uh, East Tampa and I sent a text out to the staff and I was like, hey, you know, I don't think this is a selfish prayer, but the better our homes are, the, more, the better able we're going to be able to minister to the people of our church. And so, so we're going to do this from midnight on Thursday night till noon on Friday. Uh, every staff member is going to take a two-hour slot. We're going to have 12 hours of prayer. And so, so uh, of course, our staff is awesome. Everybody's responding, yeah. And um, so we did that. And, and so during my, my slot was, I think, 2 to 4 uh, Thursday morning. And, and this was my prayer. God, would you please, and I don't know how big God's finger is. I know the Bible says he can gather all the waters of the earth into the palm of his hand. That's pretty incredible. Uh, but, but I said, God, would you do this? Just, and and I'm, I'm, I would like to tell you I'm super, super spiritual, but for me to pray two hours at that time of the morning is interesting. <laughs> but, but as I was trying to focus, and focus, I said, Lord, would you just put your finger? Is there a way you just put your finger between the coast and that hurricane, that monster. Because, you know, you're watching Weather Channel and they're telling you you're going to die. And, and I'm like, well, Lord, you know, and it's funny if you read Matthew 16, it talks about that. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. But, but, but so, so as watching, they said this thing took a little jaunt to the east and, and there's a wobble. They weeble wobble, but they don't fall down. So, and, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, God, your finger's right there. Your finger's right there. Now, I'm not saying that my prayers are any better than anybody else's, but I believe prayer works. So here's my challenge to you. Let's thank God today and be grateful. But be challenged this week to pray for those up north of us. Pray for those. My brother has business there, and, and they just got flooded. And, you know, he was on the phone with some of his employees, and water's running through their house. So, yeah, I praise God that, we, that, that he protected us. But let's don't forget those, those people that, that are suffering a little bit more than us. Good? Gratefulness. So I just, I just wrote down a few things yesterday. This would be a quick sermon. Um, and I wanted to give time for you guys to visit afterwards. And, but I haven't preached in three weeks, so I don't know how quick this will be. Gratefulness, gratefulness, gratefulness comes, it comes from the word gratitude. And, and I would submit to you today that I believe that the people of God, the church of God would be much more effective if we live with an attitude of gratitude. If we actually live with an attitude of thankfulness, of attitude, many times we're not grateful for the things that we have until something goes wrong in our life. Whether it's our own fault, whether it's uh, something like a hurricane, whatever it may be, a lot of times we find ourselves taking for granted the blessings of God that he's put in our life until there's a chance that those blessings may be taken from us. 
And so, so an attitude of gratitude and, and for the world to see a church full of people that are thankful for everyday life, that are thankful, that are grateful for sunrises, that are grateful for the marriage they have, that are grateful for the children that they have, that are grateful for the cars they have, that are grateful for air condition that works, that are grateful for hot showers. I took a, I call it a Holy Ghost shower this morning because it was cold. <laughs> anyway, but, but it's just that gratefulness, you know what I'm saying? Just, just being great, grateful. So, so let's get into this. Number one, I'm grateful that I do not have to worry. I'm grateful that I do not have to worry. Worry is a choice. Matthew 6, 32 through 34. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, read that, those three words with me. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So here we have this collaboration of, of Matthew telling us right here, in verses 32 to 34, yes, there's going to be trouble, but don't worry about the trouble because the, the trouble of the day is sufficient, right? And how many of you can say amen to that? Even outside of a thing like a hurricane or a thing like, like every day of our life, why worry about tomorrow's trouble? I got enough trouble today. And the Bible's even saying that. So it goes deeper into theology and the fact that, you know, there are people that would teach you if you're having trouble in your life, God's mad at you. If you're having trouble in your life, that there's sin in your life. If you're having trouble in your life, then you've done something to displease God. The Bible is very plain that we will have trouble while we're on this earth, for we live in a fallen earth. Someone else did something that made us sinners, and that was Adam. Someone else did something that made us righteous, and that was Jesus Christ. So we will have trouble, but don't worry about tomorrow's trouble, for today's got enough trouble of its own. So we're getting ready to come back over the causeway, and, and Randy can tell you anytime I, I have to leave my home or we go away somewhere, I get what she calls it, the titch. And I, I mean, it's like, we can say, oh, what time are you want to leave? Oh, we'll leave like two, three in the afternoon. And she'll watch me at like 6.30. I'm drinking some coffee. And about 7.30, I'm starting to move stuff around. This could be camping or anything, right? If it's the day we're going home. And then we're starting to pack. I'm starting. And she's like, you got the titch, don't you? I'm like, yeah. And so she'll start packing stuff. And so we, we were over in East Tampa and packed up. And, and we're sitting at the causeway, waiting for the causeway to open. And it opens up. And, and, and we drive over. And, and we're sitting, sitting in traffic. And I was kind of glad we were sitting in traffic because I wanted to make sure that bridge wasn't going to fall. And so I wanted other people <laughs> to be on it first. <laughs> this is a few testers. This is a, good, a few test cars. Um, not a pace car, a test car. And so... So, so we, we come over and, you know, we're, we're coming over, over and I'm like, man, I wonder what my house looks like. I wonder, wonder what, you know, you know, and then I'm reminded of Philippians 4, 6, I believe it's coming up here. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication without, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And, and you, we had been praying and, you know, Paul wrote this from a prison awaiting his execution. And he wrote the whole book of Philippians, just waiting to be killed. And he's writing things about not being anxious. He's writing, he's writing things about like, you know, he's not sitting there going, I wonder if they're going to cut my head off. I wonder if they're going to crucify me. I wonder if they're going to kill me slowly. I wonder if they're going to, how are they going to kill me? I wonder if they're going to do this. I'm worried about when are they going to kill me? I don't know if they're going to execute me tomorrow. Are they going to execute me today? I don't know. He's not saying this. Read the book of Philippians. He's writing things like, don't worry, press on, keep going. And he's writing from a prison cell without cable TV. 
So I'm driving down Oak Street, seeing all these, these trees falling over, you know, and I, I got my dog with me, Goose, my lab, and he had to lose 40 pounds to get in the hotel we stayed at, but <laughs> it's good. <laughs> he went on the Atkins diet, um, <laughs> side door. Uh, but he doesn't know he's a dog, so it was no problem to him. Any, anyway, so we get home, and he's happy to be home, and, you know, my fence is gone, and, 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 and trees everywhere, and pool screen, and all that, but it's, that's just stuff. But my house is good, right? And so we start taking down, taking down boards and taking down, you know, trying, trying to get into the house. We don't have any power, and so I'm unscrewing stuff and getting the wood, so we get in the house. And my dog goes, here's the first thing my dog does. I mean, I'm looking around. I'm looking at trees over. I'm looking at my fence over in the baseball fields. And I'm looking at all kinds of stuff. And my dog, this is his bumper. He's got a bunch of these. This is what I train him for duck hunting with, right? This is his favorite thing to do. The dog will not go use the restroom in the morning until you throw this for him. So I'm worried about the fence, and I'm worried about the trees, and I'm worried about my pool screen. I'm worried about all this stuff. And you know what my dog does? He goes straight to where these things are kept and sits down. <laughs> Looks at his toy. He's, he's just, he, he's oblivious. And I'm, I'm worrying about all this different stuff, and I'm worried about all you guys, and I'm worried about, and, and, and you know what he wants to do? He's focused. He wants to play with his daddy. And so I grabbed the good, good dog daddy that I am. <laughs> of course, I needed some normalcy in my life also. I grabbed, grabbed his bumper and went outside and threw it. And he's dodging trees and he's jumping over like debris in my yard. <clears throat> no, I'm not putting that in my mouth. <laughs> and he's getting, he's bringing it right back to me. And he's sitting down going, <sighs> throw it again. And I thought, Lord, what a great example of just like he's oblivious to what's going on. He's just, he just wanted to play with me and he wanted to get back. And so we don't have to, I'm so thankful and so grateful today. I don't have to worry. Worry is a very real part of our life, even outside of something like a hurricane. And the Bible says, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough worries of its own. In other words, the grace of God is good enough for today. Did you hear that? The grace of God is good enough for today. Sun up to sundown through the night. The grace of God is good enough for today. Westernized culture doesn't like that. We want to know the next step. We talked about that. Uh, the next step, the next step. But, but the Bible says, listen, there's sufficient enough worries for today. Let's not worry about tomorrow. Let's not worry about, you know, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. Let's not worry about the, the 401k or 403b. Let's not worry about the down the road. The Bible says, listen, I'm going to take care of you because you're my children. Let's worry about today. Let's just take care of today. I mean, one, of the, one of the most amazing things I think that we miss out in life and we miss out as, as people who are busy having some time off over the last three weeks is we really neglect to live in the moment. Don't we? Would you, be, would you say you're guilty of that sometimes? I mean, I am. My personality type lends itself to that. And we really neglect sometimes just living in the moment. 
Just enjoying the moment that God has given us at that very, whether it's in the eyes of your child or your grandchild or a friend, or whether it's, it's, a, it's moments alone with God or whether it's moments at the beach watching the sun come up, you know, because we're always thinking about the next thing. We're always thinking about what we have to do. When in reality, God has given us so many blessings in our life, we don't have to worry. And so, so I would challenge you some application to this message this week um, as you're cutting branches and raking up leaves this week. You know, enjoy that if it's possible. I had somebody came up to me this morning and said, my body is feeling my age. I said, well, it's not showing it. So anyway, anyway, here, here's the idea. I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I do not have to worry. Gratitude, gratefulness. Number two, I'm grateful that I'm loved. I'm grateful that I'm loved. Now, let me preface this point by saying we can't do anything about God loving us. His love is unconditional. It's agape love. He loves us. You cannot mess up bad enough to, to, to where God says, I don't love you anymore. God will at, at some point allow you to operate in your dysfunction until things fall apart to a, to a point where, you know, God says, All right, I still love you. But, but you got to take care of this area of your life. But you can't do anything to discount God's love for you. There's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from God's love. And I'm so grateful for that today. Let's, let's read this. Romans, many of you would know this. Romans 8, 35 through 39. And Larry, let's just walk through this verse by verse. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? You know, here's the idea behind that. These are all terrible things. Terrible in the sense of they're not fun to go through while we're going through them. Romans 5 teaches us that tribulations produce perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. But none of that stuff's fun to go through. But many times when we go through these things, we feel like God has abandoned us. We feel like God has forgotten where we live. We feel like God has forgotten who we are. We feel like, God, God, where were you when that happened? Or where are you right now while I'm going through this? But my Bible says that nothing or no one can separate us from the love of God. Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In other words, while we're going through these things in our life, we can be assured that we are not separated from the love of God. There's one thing, friend, that you can count on every day of your life, every moment that you're breathing, and that is the love of God. People will let you down. You will let yourself down, but God will never let you down. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And, And furthermore, we are more than conquerors Through what? Through him who loved us. Love conquered. Love went ahead. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And so love, through him who loved us, we are more than conquerors. We we can't conquer things on our own. We can't, but through him who loved us, through him who loved us so much, he gave us his only son. Through him who loved us so much, he hung on the cross when he could have delivered himself from that cross. Through him who loved us so much that he lived a perfect life with Without sin, being tempted in every way, but living without sin. Through him who loved us so much that when he wanted to give up and he said, Oh God, if there's another way, let it be so, but not my will, your will be done. Through that Savior, through that Jesus, through that love, we are more than conquerors. 
His love, his love. And so you go on to verse 38. For I'm persuaded. In other words, I'm convinced. I've made my mind up. You can't change my mind that neither death nor life nor angel nor principalities. In other words, the the evil of this world, the, the things of this world, none of that, neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. In other words, things today are things tomorrow. Nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. For nor depth, nor height, nor any other thing created, any other evil created, anything created, anything, anything, not some things, not this, that, or the other, anything, nothing can separate you from God's love. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ right there. That's the good news. That's why the church is made up of broken people. That's why it, some people say, oh, well, you just, you, you, you need Christianity as a crutch. You're dead gum right. Absolutely, I need Jesus as a crush. I don't need him as a crush. I need him as my God. I need him as my savior. I need him to, I need him to carry me most days. I need him to get me out of bed. I need him to allow me to, yes, absolutely, yeah. Yep, yep, make fun of me if you want. Somebody was telling me they worked at the hospital, they work at the hospital and, and they, they get made fun of a lot. She's a nurse. She gets made fun of a lot, but, uh, uh, because, you know, she's a, she's a Christian and she doesn't go around beating people on the head with the Bible at work, but everybody knows she's a Christian. And, She's taking a little flack for that. And, and, uh, and so they, they all got called in and to the hospital and couldn't leave for two or three days or whatever. And so the storm's approaching and the head nurse went to her and said, hey, I'm going to call the nurses together. Would you pray for us? Now, some of you super duper uppity Christians might say, no, you've been making fun of me. That's not what she did. She prayed a powerful, powerful, powerful prayer. And several of the nurses came back to her later and said, that prayer thing might work, huh? So yeah, it works. So, so here's the idea. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. You hear that? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us. Are there consequences to things we do sometimes? Yes. But, but does that mean God doesn't love us? Absolutely not. And, and here's, here's, the, here's what a, a, a grateful attitude does. It takes that love and shares with the world. It takes that idea of, God, I know me, and if you still love me, I can love others that I don't even like. That's a mandate. That's incumbent upon us as Christ followers. You think about what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, did for us on the cross on our worst day at our lowest moment. He still died for us while we were still worthless, while we were still dead in our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. How, how dare we judge others? And so everybody's getting some kind of alert on your phone right now. You hear that? That was just me, but it's not. <laughs> so I'm grateful that I'm loved. Can you say amen to that? I'm so grateful that nothing can separate me from God's love. So, so, so grateful. Number three, I'm grateful I can choose joy. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
Joy is a choice. Did you know that? You can choose to be joy. I've heard it said that, that life, life is made up. 10% of life is made up by what happens to us. 90% of life is made up of how we react. Do you hear that? Think about that for a moment. 10% of life is made up of what happens to us. 90% is made up of how we react. There is a choice every day that we have in our life to choose joy. We can choose worry. We can, worry is the main killjoy. Yeah, you can't be joyful while you're worrying. It's impossible. Just like darkness can abide with light. And so joy, joy is a choice. I'm grateful I can choose joy. Look, look at this next passage, 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9. Verse 8, whom having not seen you, seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible. In other words, so you go back not to worrying, you'll go back to being grateful for his love. His love created a way to be forgiven, which we'll talk about in a moment. But in him, yet not seeing him, but you rejoice in him. And that joy is inexpressible and full of glory. There's an old song, full of glory, full of glory. But most of you didn't grow up in church and none of you know the songs we used to sing. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory. John, me too. <laughs> I'm getting some stares. Anyway, inexpressible. We have a choice. Here, here's a text that I received, um, and I, I'll try not to read names because I want to. Th- this is a text I received from a friend of mine who is sitting in their vehicle at a causeway waiting to get back over with all of the animals and pets that they have. So-and-so and and I, their spouse, just sitting here thanking the Lord for all of our blessings. Not knowing what their house looks like. Hadn't been back over the causeway yet. In a a vehicle full of more animals than I would like to mention. (laughs) It goes on to talk about God working through, through this church and how God's worked in, in their children through, through his spirit in his church. And, 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 he's, and it goes on to say, and today we are celebrating our 21st wedding anniversary. Life is awesome and amazing. We love Jesus and we know he loves us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just telling you, on my 21st anniversary... I don't know that I won't be cramped up in a vehicle with, you know, but yeah, okay, we'll get by and we'll deal with it. But this joker is choosing joy so much so that he's texting me, telling me how thankful he is for me. And it's his 21st anniversary and he's stuck at a causeway with, I read that and I had to read it again. I was like, Lord, would you please allow me to be that grateful? You know, and, and we can say that was genuine choosing. That was genuinely choosing joy. That, that, and not only choosing joy, but expressing that joy. And, and expressing that joy to someone who at that moment maybe needed a little encouragement. So not only is it incumbent upon us as Christ followers to, to allow the love of God and the forgiveness of God to flow through us, not to worry, to allow so that we can love others because he loved us first. We also can choose joy. And as we choose joy, 
Let's don't keep that joy to ourselves. Let's don't hide that joy. Let's don't, don't, don't put that light under a lamp. Let's, let's express that joy to those around us. Let's express that joy in times when everyone else around us may be cranky. Let's express that joy when, 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 when job situations aren't going good or family situations aren't going good. Let's express that joy because the Bible tells me that I have a joy as a child of God the world didn't give me, so the world can't take it away. You find something to be grateful about today, and you latch onto that, and you praise God for it, and you lift up your, your heart to God and your eyes to God. And no matter what else is going on around you that may not be of God or from God, you just know that he's working all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose and will. And you say, God, I don't understand what I'm going through, but I am grateful that you love me. I'm grateful that I can choose joy today. And I'm not going to hide that joy. I'm going to express that joy to those around me. I'm going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to, I'm going to put a pep in my step and I'm going to let joy flow through me. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy inexpressible. Joy that's full of glory. Joy. Rain and I were um, camping out night before. Well, we've we've been camping out, which it's no problem with us. We got a bunch of camping stuff. And so we're eating dinner by lantern. And the way we smelled, it was not romantic. All right, let me just get that straight right now. And so, 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 and I, and I asked the stupidest question, the stupidest question that any American, most Americans would ask this question. And I ask it anyway. I wonder how many people live without air conditioning. And Rena looked back at me and she's like, uh, like 97% of the world. I don't know if she's actually correct on that, but, but I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I said, I wonder how hot it would have to get before, like, and then I started thinking about money. So I was like, I was trying to slip this in on her. I was like, I wonder how long it would take your body to acclimate with no AC. And she's like, <laughs> she saw where I was going with that immediately. She, and her answer was, well, I guess if you were born with no air conditioner, you could probably do it. But since we were born with air conditioning, (laughs) we may want to take advantage of that. Hey, isn't it good to laugh? Joy inexpressible, joy unspeakable, and full of glory. In other words, the glory of God is expressed to the best of our ability when we have joy, when the rest of the world says, how in the world do you have joy? That's the glory of God being revealed to the world in times of trial and tribulation is when you have that joy, joy unspeakable. Good? Last thing, and remember I told you I was going to finish early so you have a chance to visit and, and after we pray, hug somebody's neck and, hey, maybe there's something you can do for somebody in this room this week. Number four, I'm grateful that I'm forgiven so I don't have to worry and I'm loved. And I let, uh, I let worry go away because I'm seeking first his righteousness and his kingdom. And I, I, I just want to be with my dad. And then I move that into being loved and I allow the love of God to flow through me to those around me. I'm grateful that I'm loved. I'm so grateful that I'm loved that I'm going to share that love with others. I'm going to love the unlovable because he loved me when I was unlovable. And as I I allow the love of God 
to flow through me, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to allow God to bring beauty from ashes. I'm going to realize that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And maybe some of us are here today and the night has lasted a long time, or maybe you're just now creeping up on midnight and it's dark. We all know it's the darkest right before the sun pops up. Hang on. Don't let go and don't quit because joy comes in the morning. And then, and then you take that, that love that you're sharing with others. I'm not going to worry. I'm, I'm going to let the love of God flow through me. And, and then I'm choosing joy. I, 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 I'm reacting that 90% of my life is going to react the way that Jesus would react. And then I, the last thing, I'm grateful I'm forgiven. First John 1, 9, underline it, highlight it, memorize it. If we confess our sins, that's personal. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I remember like it was yesterday. The first teenager I ever led to Jesus, or first person I ever led to Jesus was a teenager. I was a youth sponsor. And, and the youth pastor was out of town and they asked me to speak. And I did not want to do that at all. And so, so I did and did a terrible job of it. I mean, I got bored, I got bored with myself. It's, you know, I, 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 was, I was in marketing. I wasn't in preaching at that time. And so I did, but, but you know, I just did what I seen every other pastor do when I got bored, when they were talking. I said, if you need prayer, come forward. And he just bumbled through it, you know. And, and so these kids came forward. And so some of the other youth sponsors, Gary Renz, and this kid, and his name was Trevor. Trevor was an awesome kid. Trevor was like star soccer player, good looking kid. All the other kids looked up to him. Don't have any idea what he was doing at youth service. He'd never been there before. And he gets me. But I see Trevor come up front. He kneels down. I walk over to Trevor. I say, Trevor, you know, how, how, what's going on? And, and by the way, Trevor went on to go to Bible, Bible college. Yeah. And um, I lost track somewhere along the way. Last I heard he was in some foreign country doing something. Uh, I'll see him again one day. But, but Trevor came up and, uh, and one of the Bible verses that I memorized was 1 John 1, 9. And so I said, Trevor, what do you need prayer for? He said, I think I need to be saved. And I was like, oh, crap. Dude, I can pray for your grandma. I can, I can pray. Like, come on, dude. Toss me a softball here. And, and, and we were kneeling at the altar like this. And I said, well, you know what, Trevor? You come to the right place. And I walked him through what Jesus did for us. And then 1 John 1, 9 came to mind. Didn't even have a Bible open. So Trevor, it says somewhere, I didn't know where it was. I said, it says in the Bible somewhere that we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And, and Trevor looked at me, he said, no matter what? I said, no matter what? He said, uh, what do I have to do? I said, well, you got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And, and in that moment, I, I remember, this was pre-ministry, full-time ministry. I, I remember at that very moment, the feeling of joy that I had because of, of the peace that flowed through Trevor's life. First person I ever led, I'm ashamed to say, I was in my 20s. First person I ever led to Jesus Christ. And, and, and I'll never forget that. It impacted my life as much as it impacted his. 
And so, yeah, I'm thankful that, that I don't have to worry. And yes, I'm thankful that nothing can separate me from God's love. And I'm going to show that love. I'm thankful that I can choose joy and I'm going to share that joy. But I'm most thankful that I'm forgiven today. Here's the hard part of that. Yeah, I'm going to share his love. And yeah, I'm going to share his joy. But because he forgave me, I'm going to forgive others. So, so I'm thankful today that I'm forgiven. Maybe you're here. I don't know all of you. I know most of you. Maybe you're here today and you've never, never taken advantage of the forgiveness of God. Maybe you've never taken advantage. If, if you confess your sin, that right there, confess to the Lord. He already knows. Open up your heart and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I believe your Bible where it says that you died for me even while yet I was dead in my sin. Maybe you've not taken advantage of that forgiveness. Can I tell you, today would be a great day to do that. So Jason, how do I do that? You just simply open your heart and say, Lord, I need you. Would you please forgive me? You confess in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. You believe in your heart. You ask him to come in your heart and, and, and be your savior and be the Lord and savior of your life. He'll change your life. He'll change your life. Would you bow your head all this place? So we talk about being grateful for being forgiven. Say, so Jason, I'm here today right now and I realize that I've never been saved. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Maybe you're like Trevor. You're sitting in that seat and you're going, you know, I know I need to, I need peace with God. I need peace with God. Everybody's heads are bowed. No one's moving around. If that's you all over this place, say, Jason, I need Jesus Christ. I'm like, will you slip your hand up long enough for me to see it? Put it back down. So I need, I need Jesus in my life. Anyone. I see your hands. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. Anyone else? You raised your hand. I want to pray with you right where you're sitting after church. I'm, I'm, do me a favor. Come up to this table under the screen. Pete's up here. Get a Bible and a devotion. He'll talk with you. It's a seven-day devotion. It'll help you. Uh, we don't want to get in your business. We just want to help you. You raised your hand. Pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. God, thank you that I'm in this seat right now. And right now I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ is the true son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. I believe that Jesus Christ was placed in a grave. But I believe that Jesus Christ rose from that grave on the third day. And through that resurrection, I know that I'm forgiven. So I receive the gift of salvation right now. And I confess in my heart and with my, with my mouth that I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, give me the boldness to go up to that table and get a Bible and a devotion and tell someone about my decision. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to do one more thing before we leave. We're going to pray for those people as a group. We're all going to pray together for those who didn't fare as well as we did. Would you stand up? If you feel comfortable, grab that hand of the person next to you. Would you just join me? If you're comfortable, you can pray out loud, lift your voice. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you right now. And we pray for those people, Lord, that have flooding, that have loss of things. Lord, would the peace that passes understanding guard their heart right now. Remind them it's just stuff. But we pray for Haiti and Cuba and the Bahamas all the way up the coast of Florida right now, God, that you would lift, stretch out your hand of peace. Stretch out your hand, Lord, of peace that passes understanding. Lord, and there are things that we can do to help those around us. 
lay them up on our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.